Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. You know that. I always appreciate you tuning in. So thank you again very much for listening now. Today, I'm joined by my ESPN colleague, Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs, which means he covered Eric Bieniemy's time with the Kansas City Chiefs. He knows a lot of what happened there. He knows what Bienemy offers Washington and what you can expect from a Bienemy offense, not just in terms of X's and O's, but some of the little details I think that really matter. And I think that have been lacking a little bit here over the last few years. And I think that'll be a good thing. So it's why I think of all the people they interviewed, I think he was the best choice and, and they did too. But I do think he offers a lot. And I think that's the direction I would have gone as well, just because look where he's coming from. And then that demanding style, I think you could use a little bit of that here, especially if you're in your fourth year. And I think he's going to provide some energy and some juice to an offense that needs it. Now, what you also need is consistent quarterback play and a better offensive line. That makes any coordinator look a lot better. Please keep that in mind as we go through the offseason. Just hiring a coach is not going to be enough to turn this offense around. So more on that throughout the next five months. But before I get to my conversation with Adam, just a couple things. One, Adam and I tag teamed on a story about for ESPN.com about the enemy, what it means to the Chiefs, what it means to Washington, and answered a lot of questions about why the enemy, what change, what does it mean for the offensive changes, et cetera. Go check that out. Again, it's on ESPN.com. It was up on Friday. I should have mentioned that on the Friday podcast. Now I mention it now. So there you go. Anyway, that's number one. Number two, you can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Teicher, T-E-I-C-H-E-R. Again, covers the Chiefs. Does a really good job. I've always respected his work. Um, two, a few more things. The press conference for Eric Bieniemy will be Thursday. So I'll have a podcast up later that day after our first impressions of hearing from what Biennemi has to say. So that'll be on Thursday. Um, I don't know. I know he spent the weekend or at least Friday and Saturday interviewing staff members on offense. I don't know what that means as far as what kind of changes might be forthcoming. We'll stay tuned, you know, obviously stay tuned for that. I think we'll probably find out something early, earlier, at least by midweek. Certainly, I think before the press conference, the point would be having it then is to finalize that staff so they can kind of go in there. But that's just a guess. So we'll see. Then the other thing is um, congratulations to former Washington Redskin D'Angelo Hall, who is now, now on the Carolina Panthers staff as an assistant defensive backs coach. And I always liked D. Hall. I thought he was very smart. And I, I, I do remember as he progressed in his career in Washington, and there were a couple of times I remember talking to him as he got older, 
and then coming away, like I would ask him one time about Calvin Johnson, for example, and just the detail that he went into how you defend him, how, what his plan of attack was against him, what Calvin does well, very detailed. And I remember thinking like, this is a, this is part of his evolution as a, as a player, because I think he can, when he came in, by the time he was done, he was a better leader. I don't know if he was a perfect leader. He was a much better leader than he was earlier in his career. That's for sure. So I think he's a very smart guy. And I think he'll, you know, I hope he does well. The other one is Drew Terrell, Washington's receivers coach. He had been mentioned in the running for the Arizona offense coordinator job. Did not get that. Wouldn't be surprised if they off, if they come after him as their pass game coordinator, but I don't know for sure if that's going to happen. So we'll see. That's just something to watch. Um, I know when I've talked to some people here about the offensive staff, I think there's some groups that this team feels really good about regardless of who's coaching them. And nobody said this, but my guess would be receivers would be one of them because you have some really good pros, especially those first three, Samuels, uh, McLaurin, and Dotson. But I also think guys like Cam Sims, I think Diami does, I think those guys all take a really good approach. So I think that's going to make, if they if they do end up changing there, that because if Terrell does leave, that I think they'll, the transition will be pretty good because of the group that you already have. Anyway, that's enough for me. So let's get to my conversation with ESPN's Adam Teicher. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Adam, before we get to what people want to hear about, which is Eric Bienemy, I have a selfish question. What's it like to cover a team that wins a lot? Well, stick around the commanders for another year or two, and you'll you'll have the answer yourself there, John. Um, it, uh, it, it takes some getting used to because I covered a team for a lot of years that was not very good. And, uh, you know, they had their, their moments, they had their seasons, but it was always an isolated season. Believe it or not, until um, Andy Reid showed up, the Chiefs never in their history won back-to-back division championships. So mm-hmm. this is uh, this is a different deal. Um, they, they've, uh, they, they've had isolated good teams, you know, back in the early days of the franchise. They uh, had their a nice little run, but um, they, they you know, people forget when they won their um, the first world championship, Super Bowl four. The Chiefs were a second place team that year. They were a wild card team. So, right. uh, um, you know, it, it's not been a, a, a franchise that's been steeped in history. So it is a little different. I mean, it's you know you got to be prepared for your season to run into. Uh, when you're working to run into February, uh, you know, it's it, it, uh, it there's a lot that goes into it. But uh, it, it's fun to see the fans really engage with the team the way they have the last few years. It's uh, it's really been a, a, a fun thing to watch unfold. You know, it's funny because you've covered in the last 15 years, you've covered more Super Bowls than I've covered. Wait a minute. Actually, I think it's the same number of playoff games that I've covered. You've covered Super Bowls. I've covered three. Yeah, so yeah. three playoff well, games last 15 years. That's the way it used to be for the Chiefs, believe it or not. Well, there you go. So a guy that Washington hopes can kind of help elevate their chances of getting having some postseason success or or and regular season success. Obviously, he's a guy you're familiar with, Eric Bieniemy. 
you and I tag teamed on a on something for ESPN.com. People can go read analyzing what this means for Washington, what it means for Kansas City, a little bit of insight, some insight into Bienemy. But I am curious in general, what is Washington getting in Eric Bienemy? They're getting a, a guy who player after player after player over the years has test has told me he is detail oriented down to the very most minute of details. Um, all the I's are, are, are dotted. All the T's are crossed. There's all these various game situations that the Chiefs maybe will never come across that he prepared them for just in case they got to that point during a game. And uh, so he, he's a detail-oriented guy, and that's what um, the commanders are getting, no doubt. Um, he's a player that is known to uh, ride his players kind of hard, and that rubs some guys the wrong way. Not everybody, but there are certain players – particularly some veteran players that uh, have uh, um, not appreciated that part of this game. But I know there's a lot of players who think the op the, the opposite, that his his insistence on them doing things right is um, made them a better player than they otherwise would have been. Jamal Charles was that way. Um, Adrian Peterson was that way. Yeah. Um, um, the, the Chiefs had a running back, an undrafted player um, about 10 years ago by the name of Sharkandrick West, who was yeah. an undrafted guy. No one really ever heard of him. He went to a small college. Well, he ended up sticking around and, and one year led the Chiefs in rushing. And, and uh, I remember him telling me I wouldn't be in the NFL if it wasn't for Eric Bieniemy. He helped me become what I was and take me to where I am now. So uh, it, it's definitely, um, you know, a guy that a lot of people have credited for their success in the NFL. How do you think he does that? When they talk about that, when Sharkandra says that, what do, what does he do and what did would you see him do or hear that he does to kind of push them? Just not letting anything slide. And and uh, you hear that from a lot of people. I mean, they're they're, you know, Pat Mahomes was saying the other day that Eric the enemy, they go over the details all the time, every week, every week, every week, they go over the same things. And he's like, ah, do we really need this? But then he said, yeah, I, I think we do because then we get to a game and everybody's refreshed on it. Everybody knows what to do in this particular situation. So uh, it's basically just the, the, the details. I mean, he's not afraid to throw a guy out of a drill if he's not getting it done the way he wants. So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be, um, you know, if, if a guy's not stepping with the right foot, if he's not, um, seeing the things he's supposed to see from a particular linebacker or a defensive tackle or a defensive end. And I'm talking about a linebacker here or a running back here. He, he'll, he'll say something and uh, he'll ask players, Hey, what did you see from the, the, the uh, three technique here? What did you see from him in that play? And if he didn't, the guy didn't know he, if the, if the running back didn't know, he'll like, he'll get on it. I mean, that that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of example that uh, of things that Eric the enemy will do for a player. You, would you see that a lot like in because I know we don't get to watch a lot of practices, but would you see that like in training camp practice and stuff? Absolutely. More maybe when he was a running backs coach than mm -hmm. as the coordinator. Yeah. He stepped back a little bit, but you still hear his voice. He's got that booming voice and sometimes he'll stand out over the pack. So uh, when you see him at training camp, uh, um, you'll hear his voice, no doubt about it. And then as, as you talked about, like, you know, because everybody would hear this if you're going to coach that way. There are going to always be players who kind of chafe at that. And it seemed like whether it was, I don't know, if it was, you know, um, with Kelsey or with Mahomes, how would they handle that with him? Well, they, they understand it's part of the game. And, and um, you know, there, there was a little bit of friction at times. Uh, 
you know, while there was a game earlier in the season in Indianapolis when things weren't going well for the Chiefs on offense, and there was an exchange you could see. I don't know exactly right. what was said, but you could see that exchange between Mahomes and and the enemy, and it wasn't fr- it wasn't a friendly one. So, um, you know, there, there, there's definitely moments like that, and and there's some players who don't like that kind of coaching. You know, the Chiefs have had a couple veteran backs toward the end of their careers come through here who didn't really appreciate the way Eric Manning the enemy goes about his business, but uh, you know, the, the, that's, that's so the commanders are probably going to see that from time to time with, with certain guys, but um, you know, most guys appreciate at the, you know, when all everything is calmed down and things are, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the emotions are taken out of it. Most guys do appreciate that. And you talk about any guys coming to the end of the career. LaShawn McCoy was pretty vocal last week about the enemy, but I also know like, you, it's it's his opinion, and I don't know what they would say about LaShawn McCoy. So, what did you think of those his comments? And for people who don't know, like he kind of just ripped into him and said he was just ripped ripped into him as a coach. But what what did you think of that? Yeah, and and you know, hey, the, the, I can't say exactly what his beef is without him ta- talking to him. Right. But that's the kind of example I'm talking about of certain guys. Um, feel like he rubs you the wrong way. Le'Veon Bell was here at the end of his career. He was not thrilled with um, how the Chiefs coached their backs and some of the things they did. So, uh, you know, you, you're not going to have a unanimous opinion about Eric Bieniemy. But uh, I know there there was a lot of players who who feel like he took them from one level to to a, even a better player. Jamal Charles is on that list. Charkandrick West, like I mentioned, uh, I think Adrian Peterson back. Peterson there, loves like, him. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, there's a lot of players who uh, who feel that way about him. That that so th- there's a little bit of, of sure. mixed feelings. So uh, specifically, what McCoy said, yeah, there's going to be some of that. There's going to be some players who will tell you that as well. And and I'll be clear here: you're going to have some coaches who don't coach hard enough, and it's going to rub guys the wrong way too. So I don't want it. Like I certainly don't want to make it seem like you know, like oh, that's I think that's a good thing for this franchise. But if you have a guy who's like soft on somebody. You, that's going to be a complaint as well. So, you know what I mean? And, but with, with, um, um, but, but, but you hear, but you hear that with him. And what is it like, you know, are you, I'm sorry, you bring up the details, the McKinnon play in the Super Bowl. Is that, you know, where he runs down and basically slides at the one yard line? It sounds like that's something that now you would think that it's kind of commonplace, but it really isn't. So is that, an example of something that he would, that he kind of focused on with them. Yeah. Pat Mahomes said that's, that's an example of the details they go over every week. The chiefs call it church mode when they want a player to take a knee, you know, that's what they call church mode. And uh, um, Mahomes said they work on church mode relentlessly and, and they were in church mode there uh, when they got near the goal line in that particular situation. So he, he credited, um, I, I, I think Jarek McKinnon is a pretty smart guy. I think he's a guy who gets it. He probably didn't need the refresher course there, but uh, he got one from Eric the enemy regardless. And, and so that's the kind of thing that Mahomes was talking about when he says, Hey, here's where he talks about all these various situations. Some we never come across in a game, but some that we do. So um, that, that's, uh, that is an example of one of those things where Eric the enemy sort of digs into the details. What was his what was his role? I mean, we know the title offense coordinator. We also know Andy Reid's involvement, all that. But what was Eric's specific? What did what was he doing for that offense? Yeah, that that's 
a little bit of a mystery here because the Chiefs sort of try to keep that uh, uh, under wraps. Andy Reid, I think, called the plays most of the time. The enemy was involved, certainly, um, in putting together it, it, the game plan in a lot of senses was his baby. He, he was a, each week would, would put that together with Reed's blessing and, and, and discussion and all of that. But that's kind of what was his was his baby was. And they certainly talked during the week about, okay, what do we like in, in third downs and third and short third and long and, and goal line and other short yardage, other situations. They talked about what they liked, but um, so, I, you know, Eric BM didn't always call the plays. He, I don't think he often called the plays, but he certainly was involved in the discussion. There was, uh, it wasn't just Reed saying, okay, I right. want this dial it up. I mean, there was always a little bit of a discussion. Okay. What do we like in these situations? Let's rank them one through five or whatever it might be and, and go through our list that way. So, um, um, you know, he, he was involved in the exact extent. I can't tell you that, but uh, certainly it's not like he was just along for the ride. I mean, he, he was, uh, he, he was involved, no doubt about that. So like those plays in the red zone, the, the Tony touchdowns, are those, is that his input? Well, Chad, or do you even know? Yeah, Chad Henney said something about that after the Super Bowl. He said something like, hey, this was something that Eric Bieniemy had seen on video, that the um, Eagles tend to pass those guys off rather than uh, than follow a guy when they do a, a fake uh, motion. So uh, um, that that's what he sort of credited Eric Bieniemy for saying, OK, w- w- when we get to the right situation, we're going to uh, have the guy uh, basically stop and turn around and go the other way. And uh, so that, that's what Chad Henney said. So uh, um, I have no reason not to believe him. So uh, he, he would certainly know about that. So, uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that Eric Bieniemy lent his voice to. And, you know, listen, we all, there's obviously a lot of talk around Bieniemy about why he hasn't gotten a job. You've covered the other coaches from that group who have gone to other jobs, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson. What do you think? Well, why he hasn't gotten Yeah, just coaching. like, yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, he's interviewed for a lot of jobs. I mean, you know, and we, I mean, there's some obvious things here, but I'm just curious, you were around those guys. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, there's no doubt that Andy Reid's shadow is considerable here. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, Eric Bieniemy is not the consistent play caller, but neither was Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy. I mean, they were not consistent play callers when they were the Chiefs. Um, um, uh, offensive coordinators. So um, they didn't really have to contend with that. Each of those guys had got jobs and really in their first time around in the interview process. So uh, it's not like they had to go through anything like Eric Bieniemy did. Now, one of the differences, neither of those guys coached Pat Mahomes. There's a considerable shadow there when you think about it. You know, what would Eric Bieniemy be like as an offensive coordinator without Pat Mahomes? Well, we don't know. You know, there's some things in Eric Bieniemy's distant past that are um, maybe trouble for some owners to get past, but you can't ignore the fact that Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy are white. Eric Bieniemy is black. I mean, at some point, two plus two equals four, and that's the reason he's not getting the job. I can't tell you that, but um, certainly that that would this is a situation that would lead to believe that's the case. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this move to Washington, he can have some success there, and that um, he can use that as a stepping stone to a new job or a head coaching job that he apparently couldn't get as long as he was going to stay with the Chiefs. 
if he has a success here, it's really too hard to ignore what would then, you know, and if you have that success here, better, not, you don't have to have match Kansas City. That would be awfully, awfully hard given what he's coming to. But if you can have success, you know, I think it's hard to then it just keep saying whatever the reasons were, it kind of goes out the window. So, but I, how did he deal with that? How did he, like, how did he handle that? And how did he kind of maybe even evolve in that, in that, in his role? The, over the years, for yeah, the yeah, and like, yeah, like for how did he handle all that? Well, not not getting a head coaching job. Yeah. You're talking about, well, yeah, he, yeah. You know, hey, there, there's no doubt he was frustrated, and I, I don't think you take a move like he just did from going from what the Chiefs have going to what the Commanders have going without being frustrated. I mean, you know, that's probably part of his thing going, you know what, I'm never going to get a job in Kansas City. I just got to get out of here. Uh, so I, I'm wondering how much of it this his move to Washington was, Hey, I got to get out of Kansas city and get away from Andy Reed and get away from Pat Mahomes. If I'm going to ever be a head coach and how much of it was, Hey, I like what Washington's got going on. I I think that's a place we can win and be successful offensively. I I wonder about that a little bit, but uh, you know, he did open up a little bit last off season about his, his inability to get a job. And he said, he, he took it on himself. He said, I got to be better. I got to, I've got to be better in my job right now if I'm ever going to be a head coach. So, you know, there was some of that as well. So, um, you know, I, I do feel like he's a guy who sort of gets it, that he understands how this is going for him and, and uh, needed to take a different track to uh, if he was ever going to, going to be a head coach in the NFL. And obviously like his contract was up in Kansas city would do you think that there was part of Andy Reid said that would would I almost wonder if there's some sort of agreement with both of them like if you do want this you're going to have to go and and for both guys or do you think he would have been back there regardless if if he didn't get this I, I think he would the Chiefs would have had him back yes if he had decided I don't want to go to Washington I'm gonna I would rather stay here the Chiefs would have kept him on I, I don't think there's any doubt about that but. Andy Reid knows knows the situation as well. He said as much. Um, I can't remember exactly when. It was in the time leading up to the Super Bowl, sometime during the playoffs, possibly. But he said, "Listen, I think it's going to be good." He said something to the extent of, "I think it would be good for Eric Bieniemy to go run the show, be Eric Bieniemy, and and be successful that way." I, I, so I, I think even he's kind of frustrated that Eric the enemy hasn't been able to get a head coaching job as well. That, uh, you know, he, he feels like maybe he was blocking Eric the enemy's mm-hmm. ability to get that head coaching job. Although again, it wasn't a problem for Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy. Right. Right. Very much. so. And then last thing you think that this is going to work for him here. I mean, this is a tough situation he's coming to because that the situation Rivera's in, you have a younger quarterback with 19 passes, need an O-line, but there's stuff there's stuff there here that you can work with. So what are you anticipating from him here? And it's it's again, it's a hard question because we don't know. He's not the only mystery here. There's mystery with other things, but we know that he's been an offense coordinator. He's got the experience with that. But what are you anticipating from him here? Yeah, I mean, I don't expect him to be a miracle worker. I don't expect Nobody the does. commanders to have, you know, one of the best offensive teams in the league. I, I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting improvement, no doubt. I mean, they can't be near the bottom of the league. Right. And I don't care who the quarterback is or, or, or what they have around the quarterback. I feel like the, the pieces are probably going to be better than that. 
Um, I love Ron Rivera. I think, uh, you know, that they could be successful there, but without knowing, you know, is Sam Howell the guy or, or are right. they going to go back to Taylor Heineke, somebody else, you know, what are they going to do at quarterback? It's a little difficult to know, but I do expect some improvement and, and, and to say they can't get into the, middle of the league somewhere maybe to that 15 20 range in terms of yards and scoring is that unreasonable for what the commanders have going on out there i don't know i mean maybe that's a reasonable expectation for year one maybe it's not but uh i I would expect the thing to come to life maybe to a greater extent than what it's been yeah and i think that's one thing they need here is the energy and it sounds like he's going to really provide that I think that's a nest and the details I think is very necessary. So Adam, listen, I appreciate your time and I've told you this before and I love the work you do for us and the insight you provide to the chiefs. So appreciate you coming on. Thanks. This was fun, John. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Adam for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday or Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning with another podcast. Talk to you next time.